0: was looking at, at Romans. I want to give you a little bit of Romans because um, I, I think it's a beautiful chapter of Romans 12. And as I was reading it, it, it basically ties Romans 9, 10, and 11 together. It ties it, those three chapters in a beautiful way. And, you know, Paul, in all of Paul's letters, um, they conclude with a list of, of practical things uh, that were based on the doctrines he had discussed. And so that's what Paul's method is to do that. And um, uh, uh, Warren Weir'sby, I believe, is the one who said this. In the Christian life, doctrine and duty always go together. The doctrine and duties, uh, all, duty always go together. What we believe helps to determine how we behave. He says, it is not enough for us to understand Paul's doctrinal explanations. We must translate our learning into living. We must translate our learning into living and show by our daily lives that we trust God's word. So the Lord is bringing us to this more so than ever. This is what I'm sensing in my in my inner man, that more so than ever. We've talked about this for uh, several decades now, but I believe that we have come to the kingdom for this time, a time such as this let us not be negligent and let us not grow weary in doing well. The enemy is going to try to upend you. He's not going to be able to steal you from the Lord, but he can sure, he can sure mess up your reward if you will allow him. Let me share a few things here in Romans 12:1, 1. Uh, I, I, I only got to two verses in, in the first service, and I will get to that, only that today. Paul writes, I beseech you therefore, brethren, As a result of what I have written to you, chapters 9 in his letter, we find them chapters, but he, he wasn't writing chapters. But in chapters 9, 10, and 11, he says, this is what you ought to do as a result of what God has done for you. And what God has done for us is just so otherworldly. It is so beyond human imagination and capability. Humans have no ability to do what God has done for us, and this is why I'm such a stickler on us knowing that what God has done for us cannot be undone in the sense of our salvific experience. it cannot be undone and and, and so often the scriptures will talk about how we we can lose reward and I believe that sometimes we we can misunderstand what the scripture is saying and so, and there's that caveat also as I said in the first service there's that caveat where God leaves us with, uh, with a little bit of suspense he leaves us there because he knowing he knowing the human nature that we'll get very cavalier if we think that well we got it made so in this in the in, in, uh, uh chapter 12, we'll find that that Paul says, I beseech you, therefore, for this reason, Paul says that by the mercies of God, that you now who have lived in the past a life satisfying all of your bodily cravings, whatever you wanted to do, you did. And, and he says, now that you are a new creation, I want you and God wants you to live just for Him, just like you presented your bodies to do all these other crazy things. I want you now to present your body wholly to the Lord that He owns your body and you're gonna glorify Him in that body. That's big stuff. And so some of us, we, we think that, well, I just don't believe God would want me to be unhappy. Well, He would rather, He knows that hell is a lot un, unhappier than heaven. A lot of people there. And those people who just do their own things, that's really where they're going. Somebody says, well, I don't believe in loving God. Well, it doesn't matter what you believe. It, believes, it matters what God says. Amen. I mean, what's, the, Bible, the Bible is what God says. It's not a, a book of what humans believe. That's right. Not one of us wanting to believe the Bible, and so God had to do something by grace. God shook us by grace or however he did it. He got our attention by grace, and then he brought, he brought us by grace into faith, and then by faith, we now know things that we never knew before. We believe things that we never believed before. We grasp, hold on to things that we never wanted to hold on to before. And so this is how God does that thing. And so, but this was the, the, the first, uh, this was the, is the fourth, therefore, But uh, let me, in his epistle to the Romans, uh, let me read quickly this first, therefore. It was in Romans 3, verses 19 and 20, uh, Romans 3, 19 and 20, where he says, Now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped, That's powerful. If we leave it there at the comma, we don't get the import. But he says that every mouth may be stopped. And listen, all the world may become guilty before God. So in this story, it's a beautiful story. And if one doesn't listen carefully and allow the Holy Spirit to guide them, they can think I'm saying something that I'm not. In in, In this, Paul was addressing the fact that, you know, salvation, he tells us in John chapter 4, is of the Jews. So that's a settled issue. <laughs> salvation is of the Jews, you know, the woman at the well of Samaria. But what he was saying, but but what the, the, the Jewish people had gotten to a place where they Elevate the law, the law, the law, and physical descendancy from Abraham, and and it would take a lot more time than I have to walk you through all of that. So Paul had dealt with that. He he had so dealt with that so beautifully, and he says here is, is first, therefore is therefore what. All the world's guilty. The, the, that is, the Gentiles who did not have the law sin without the law, they're guilty. The Jews who had the law, they sin with the law, they're guilty. Yeah. And so God says, I'm going to, he says, all of you are wrong, basically. Yeah. Every mouth is stopped. The whole world is guilty. And now, what does it free God to do, quote unquote, free God to do? It frees him to have mercy on everybody. Yeah. Amen. This is big, big, big. Yeah. And then he says, therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. And so he had proven his case, immeasurably, he had proven his case that, that the law couldn't save you, it's by faith. And he shows us in that uh, part that also that Abraham was a man of faith. This is so beautiful. I think many of us saw that you know, Abraham uh, believed God, but we didn't. We don't see the depth of his believing God. And it's so beautiful how. Let me just elaborate just a tiny bit here. Uh, that Abraham, Abraham, w- had lived a hundred years old. Uh, well, let's say eighty-six at first, about eighty-six years. Hadn't had a child. Sheriff sure says, "Hey Abe, hey, you're getting old. You you got to do something." To help God out and he went into Hagar, he didn't protest, he should have protested, went into Hagar, had a child, had a child but it was not God's will. And so now he's lived about a hundred years old and he's still believing God and uh, and Sarah now has a child at 90 years old, I mean that's amazing. When you think about that, what? Abraham, the Bible says, he never wavered. Let's read this. Uh, let's read, um, we'll read that perhaps later. Let's read Romans 5, 1 and 2. 5, 1 and 2. But Abraham never wavered at the promises of God. And it took faith to never waver it says therefore having been justified by faith we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God and so what you will find is that in Romans 4 say about 13 through thirty. let me read it quickly because then you'll get the, the, the full context for the promise that he would be the heir of the world that is chapter 4, Romans four thirteen, For the promise that he would be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. This is very big. So faith is not that you can get big cars, big houses, big boats. Right. Right. Yeah. Hickey Freeman suits, Daniel Cremieux, Armani. Listen, this, this is big. This is big. For if those who are of the law errs, faith is made void, and the promise made of no effect, if only those of the law. Because the law brings about wrath. For where there is no law, there is no transgression. So Paul proves this point very well. And Then he goes, therefore, it is of faith that it might be according to grace. Now, faith, grace. They work in tandem. It is of faith that it might be according to grace. And when Paul says that, that what you and I have received, it is of faith that it might be according to grace, this is what he's saying, that without faith it is impossible, please God. He says, it is of faith, why? That it may be according to grace. And so then what he means is that all that we receive from God was grace. Yes. That God's, unmer- that our unmerited favor, God's love for us, even when we didn't merit the favor, he gave it to us. Yes. He gave us the ability, as it were, yes. or the understanding that we could come before him and believe him. Yes. Believe that he exists. Yes. You know, like having your eyes open. Yes. It says, it is a, therefore it is a faith that it might be according to grace so that the promise might be sure to all the seed. Listen that it might be a certainty of, of a certainty to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Now he's saying, but now Abraham has become, is the father of, the, of faith to the believing Jews and believing Gentiles. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. See, many nations in the presence of him whom he believed, God. So Abraham believed God, who gives life to the dead, Abraham's body, and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Who Abraham? Who, I, I added Abraham in verse 18. Abraham, who contrary to hope, in hope believed so that he became the father of many nations according to, to what was spoken. So shall your descendants be. This is big and not being weak in faith. What, Abraham was not weak in faith. He had an encounter with God. It changed his life. He was not weak in faith. Can you imagine a hundred-year-old saying, Sarah's going to have a baby? And, and here's Sarah, Sarah going, yeah. can you imagine? I mean, can you imagine that? I mean, it's just big. He didn't waver. You and I waver. If God tells us he's going to give us a Popsicle, and you go in there, there's no Popsicles in the store, you waver. Ooh. It's true. Come on. Come on, help us, Jesus. He says. He says. Now listen. It says, Abraham, who contrary to hope and hope believed, so that he became the father of many nations, according to what was spoken. So what he says was Abraham's faith came to came from according to kata fr- down from what was spoken. Yes. We read the spoken word of God all the time. The written word was the spoken word. We read it all the time and we doubt. But Abraham did not doubt because he, because what was spoken informed him. You and I have an amazing opportunity. I'm telling you, we are on the very precipice of the greatest move of God this world's seen. It may not look like what you think it's going to look like, but God is going to be moving and powerful, just like he is now. Yes. Moving from the pew yes. to the pulpit, not necessarily the pulpit to the pew. He's going to move everywhere. Hallelujah, somebody. Hallelujah. He's an amazing God. Hallelujah. Listen, this man, he believed, being since he was about 100 years old, the deadness of Sarah's womb deadness 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 I mean when she was supposed to be fertile she wasn't fertile That's right. and now that when she's supposed when she's supposed to be now she's going to be fertile as Abraham said God said it God said it
1: ha-
0: yeah. hallelujah I, 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 have, I have not said very much about fasting, because I don't want it to be misconstrued. But let me tell you something. Something. This is so, such an amazing thing. When the Lord took me, uh, a, 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 a man who was afraid to obey. I honestly was afraid. I thought, I can't do that, God. I mean, you know, I just like I just can't do it. You. I don't think this is you. <laughs> Why? Because it was not doable. But he took me, as I said earlier, he took me by my hand and led me to, where, to a place where my humanity feared to go. He will do that for you and more. I've already busted my time, but let me, you forgive me for that and I'll keep going. But, but not, not much, 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 much longer. And not being weak, verse 19, not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body, and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He didn't consider it. Why didn't he consider it? He couldn't consider it because he was informed by what God had said. No. I said he was informed by what God had said. When you and I are informed by what God has said, it doesn't matter how the devil speaks. It doesn't matter what the devil says. It doesn't matter what my neighbor says. It doesn't matter what I say. I'm rejecting it all. I'm rejecting even what I say. And so I've asked Jesus, Jesus, increase my faith. Increase my faith. And I knew when I asked him to increase my faith, I was going to face difficulty. I knew. It was more difficulty than I had faced before. I would have greater challenges increase my faith. If this man, at 100, can believe that you are, that God would would and could perform a miracle in, in his wife's dead womb, in his dead body. And God so performed a, a, a miracle in Abraham's body that even after Sarah passed away, he got married to Keturah and had some more children. So God didn't just do it. It wasn't an Isaac fix. It wasn't just an Isaac fix. Wow, well, Jesus. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief. And so, so you whenever you waver at the promise of God, that means you're informed by unbelief.
1: Yes.
0: But was strengthened in faith. <laughs> now listen, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what he, God, had promised, he was also able to perform. So whatever God has promised you. And I know that there have been some promises God has made to you. I know that he is able to perform. Just you get out of the way. Well, And therefore, and as a result of of him being convinced, fully convinced that what God had promised, he was able to perform, he says, and therefore, it was accounted to him for righteousness. God says, okay, when you believe me, that's righteous. You're talking about, well, what does righteousness look like? Believing God. Yes. Whatever God says, believe in God. Because you are, you, are, you are going to now live by what you believe. Wow. Now, it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but also for us. It was not written in the Bible for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but also for us. It shall be imputed to us. Who believe in him who raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead who was delivered up because of our offenses and was raised because of our justification he was delivered because of our offenses but he was raised up for my justification thank you Jesus so my justification is not built on what I think or feel in any given moment my justification is built on the raising of Jesus from the dead hallelujah Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, somebody. Then he says in the third, in the third, therefore, he says, there is therefore in Romans 8, chapter 1, 8, uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 1. Romans 8, verse 1, he says, there is therefore now no condemnation now listen, there's no judgment on you from God. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Now listen what he says. He's not saying this is the caveat in the next uh, portion of this verse. He says, who do not walk according to the flesh why because you and I have been informed by God's Word we are informed by God's Spirit so we don't walk according to the flesh any longer if you walk according to the flesh you will die if you walk according to the flesh you don't belong to him he says who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the spiritual I'm I'm spirit-informed I'm spirit-informed you are spirit-informed And then he goes on to say, for the law of the spirit of life. Now, there is a law. There is a law, but it was not the Mosaic law, because this says the the Mosaic law brought wrath. It brought wrath, punishment, but this says for the law of the spirit of life. There's a law. It's immutable. It's unchangeable. You can't not play with it. It's an immutable, unchangeable law of the spirit of life. In Christ Jesus. Where is it located? In Christ Jesus. It has not just set me free. I don't want to be just a stickler. It's made me free. Made me free. Made me free from the law of sin and death made me free from the law of sin and death. And so in chapter 12, Paul says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present once for all your bodies as a living sacrifice. Two living sacrifices in scripture, Isaac and Jesus. Isaac was he laid on that when Abraham took him up, uh, the, 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 the scholars say he was not a little boy. He was, a, he was a, of age, and he took up, to, went up with his daddy, and his daddy, obviously, when he got there to the mountains, said, baby, I know you've asked, you know, uh, you said you had the wood, and we had the fire, whatever, but uh, we don't have a lamb. He said, you're it, son. And, and so Abraham was going to sacrifice him, and Isaac said, well, daddy, if that's what God said. If, God, if, if, he, if that's what God said, let's get about it. And he was going to sacrifice him. And God said, wait a minute, Abraham. I know now that you believe me. I know now that you trust me. I know now that whatever I tell you, you'll do. That's, that's what God is doing. And when when Isaac got off that altar, they put that ram on that altar. Isaac had died. He died to himself. He died to his will. He died to his desires. And this is what God is bringing his church, that you and I might die to our plans, die to our aspirations, die to our ways. Hallelujah. Somebody ought to say something for the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Isaac then was alive, he was a living sacrifice. That's a great example for us, but the best example, the more perfect example is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, he was not rescued from the, from the cross. He was not rescued. He willingly went. He knew it was his father's will. He didn't say, well. If I go, I'll come again. No, he says, it's the Father's will that I go to this cross. Somebody says, well, Pastor, every time you go on a trip, uh, God tells you, promises you're going to come back. No, I'm not going because I got a promise to come back. I'm going because he said it. That's where the church must be. That's who we must become. Jesus Christ went to the cross. He went to the cross in faith, everybody. He didn't go to the cross any other way. He went in faith. He went there. He believed that God, who told him to go to the cross, his daddy. And Isaac believed his daddy. Jesus believed his daddy. Will you believe your daddy? You? Thank you, Jesus. We are going somewhere. We're going somewhere, church, I'm telling you. God is doing something right in the midst of us. It's no accident that we are preaching about Israel when Israel is is now embroiled in one of the greatest conflicts. It's it's not. That's why I tell you, don't take sides. Just stand on the truth. But Jesus Christ went to the cross. He went to the cross bled and died so that you would have a right to the tree of life. So that you would have a right to be sons of God. He wasn't delivered. He was nailed. He died. Had a spear in his side. And today on this very day In 2023, he is seated at the right hand of God the Father. This day, he's a living sacrifice. He's a living sacrifice. With this promise, sit at my right hand, son, till I make your enemies your footstool. Sit at my right hand. Jesus is the example of of a living sacrifice. And this is what I endeavor to do. And as I go to my seat, I want you to endeavor to do the same. I endeavor to live my life wholly for him because the Bible says, present your body a living sacrifice. And you can be, all your habits will be, you will be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And that transformational process is a metamorphosis. It's a metamorphosis. It's that caterpillar climbing on the limb, weaving a cocoon, and then flying out as a new creation. Church of Jesus, we are a new creation. All things are passed away, and behold, all things are new. We are a new creation. We will never be a worm again. We will never be what we were again. Hallelujah, somebody. Hallelujah, somebody. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.